This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of NFL Friday here at WFUV Sports, a Week 11 edition. I'm Christian O'Hara alongside Tara Slajewski. Tara, how are you doing today? I'm great, Christian. You know, this is my NFL Friday on-air debut, Wow, so okay, excited. Nice, nice. Uh, always good to have uh, you on in any capacity, let alone in a host role as, you know, your first time hosting uh, NFL Friday uh, with me. I, I think we're going to have a good show today, Tara. Um, let's get right into it. Um, let's talk about... The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and the Tennessee Titans. I can't believe I just said that, um, but we're going to have to start with it. Not not a good game if you like offense. Not a good game if you like offense or just decent football in general. Um, the the Jaguars, you know, got very opportunistic last night. It looked like Tennessee might have had control there late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be the first one to admit I did not tune into that game with, with high anticipation. Um, but I did catch the end of it, which was good. So, look, I mean— Tennessee up 13-9, then Jacksonville makes a play. Um, and, but even before that, I think right. Bortles threw I think a fourth-quarter interception. I think you're right, Tara. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, Titans probably right. have this game locked up. I didn't right. think they were going to be able to come back down again. Absolutely. And so, you know, you take that into consideration, the fact that Bortles throws that red zone interception, um, you figure, okay, same old Jaguars, you know, it's a home game and they still can't even take care of their business. Um, I think that, it was a good win for them, and it's it's funny they're they're sitting at four and six right now, I believe, and they're tied for first they're in the in, AFC South. They're in a good spot because their starting quarterback's healthy. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> no, you're right. It's true. I mean, you know, you look at Blake Bortles, twenty-one of thirty last night, two hundred forty-two yards, a touchdown, a pick. It w- it could have been a costly pick um, if they if they had lost that game. Um, but going, you know, looking like you said, Tara. The, the the Jaguars are, are are lucky because Bortles is healthy. Um, do you think legitimately they could ch- catch the Colts? And the only reason I ask that, I know it sounds crazy, is because they have the second easiest schedule in remaining in the NFL. I think they're going to catch the Colts this weekend because you wow. look at the Colts; they're at Atlanta. Right? Yeah, you. Don't I don't gonna think that they're right. going to win that game. And you even look at the Texans are hosting the Jets. Toss up. That could go game. either right. way. But I don't think it's that crazy to think at the end of this weekend you're going to have three teams in the AFC South at four and six. Right. No. I listen. I agree with you. And, and you know the other team in, in the in the uh, NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, traveling to the Eagles to play Philly uh, with Mark Sanchez at quarterback. We'll get into that a little bit later. But Tara, you know, I tend to agree. Um, I think that when you look at, like you said, Atlanta plays very well at home. Um, they're not going to lose to a Colts team with um, Hasselbeck as the starter. And the Colts, especially looking at them on defense, mm-hmm. they've really struggled this year to get pressure on the quarterback. Right. And they, they're they horrible against the pass. And they're playing the Falcons with, of course, Matt Ryan as a quarterback. Loves the air That's out. Yeah, I think that's going to be very dangerous for the Colts. Not even looking at Hasselbeck as the quarterback, I think they're going to have a big problem in their hands we'll against get, Ryan on defense. We'll get Tyler Freer in here. I wonder what he thinks about uh, Julio Jones against that uh, Colts <laughs> secondary, like you said, Tara, especially you know guys like Matt Ryan who like to air it out. Um, but, yeah, you look, I mean, this segment 
supposed to be dedicated to Jacksonville, Tennessee, but let's be honest, I watched maybe about seven minutes of it. I think that's pretty much the rest of America, unless you're a Jaguars or Titans fan. They, and, and I which, just saw that it didn't even win in the ratings last night. No. What 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 won? I'm not sure what won, but and it that, wasn't football. That that no was not a surprise <laughs> no. That no was like no way that should have won any over anything. I would have rather I think I think I watched with my roommate the Cavs Bucks game over that football game last night. And um and then you got, you know, the Clippers and Warriors, which was a great game. Um <laughs> Warriors just proved they're they're the class of the league right now. But anyway, that's for that's for pick and pot, another podcast here at WFUV Sports that I know uh Kevin Kelly who's uh doing well I hope and um guys like James Decker will be on. This is NFL Friday, so you know, just a little game recap, Tara. Um, it was a pretty slow, you know, game up until it was really NCIS that one. <laughs> NCIS. All right, that's a great show. Uh, you know, I have no complaints over that. But so you know, it was I believe it was nine to six, uh, Jacksonville. Then Mariota um, keeps it on the zone read keeper, goes about twenty five yards. I think it was twenty eight yards for the touchdown. And it's like okay, you know, you start to see um, why this guy was taken number two overall. Didn't have a great night, but didn't have a terrible night. Again, he's not hes not the reason this team is bad. Four road games for Mariota. Right. No turnovers on the road yet. Right, exactly. Which and I think you knew that was one of his biggest strengths right. is he did it well at Oregon. He doesn't turn he the does, ball that, over. Thank he's you, He's very good at protecting the ball. And it's funny because you look at Jameis Winston, yeah. who went first overall, and you can talk all you want that Mariota somehow actually has a bit of a better team around him. But even you look at their final seasons in college, Winston turned the ball over a lot. And Mariota just doesn't. And he's not now in the NFL. I would agree with that, Tara. I, I disagree with I think that Winston has a be- at least a better offense around him. I think Vincent Jackson went healthy. Mike Evans, Doug Evans Martin. Evans having a really tough season. He though. is. He is. But based on last year, um, who, who does Mariota, Mariota have? Delaney Walker? You know, Andrews, okay. You know, the guy, you know, barely, barely a, a, a name stay in the league. You got guys like Doriel Green Beckham, who's never, you know, seemed to live up to his potential. But, you know, you can make a case for either one. But I'm I'm a big Mariota guy. I think Mariota will have a better career than Winston. And I know Corey, Corey Miller and I get into this debate all the time. And that's I'm glad you pointed that out. Mariota does not turn the ball over. He will not be the reason that the Titans lose football games. Yeah. Look, you, you you make the argument that, oh, okay, well, you have to sometimes take chances, and that's fine. But a guy who, just like Aaron Rodgers, a guy who prides himself on keeping the football, at least you know that you're not going to give other teams more possessions. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the weapons or lack thereof weapons that Mariota has around him, I heard a discussion today where the talk was, Blake Bortles has such a good team of wide receivers around him right now. And you got to think when you look at these, this AFC right. South and you look at the young quarterbacks, Mariota and Bortles, Bortles right now is better suited for success because he has good pieces around him. I'd agree, Tara. And look, I was high on Bortles coming out of the draft. I thought you know he would be among, if not the best quarterback out of that draft class. Guys like Teddy Bridgewater um, Derek and Derek Carr, right, like, like you said. Um, they just have better situations around them, I feel like, you know. Excuse me. Um, you know Bridgewater with Peterson. You yeah. got you got Carr with guys like uh, Amari Cooper and, and Andre Holmes. You know guys who have been you know not Cooper but Holmes has been around the league. Uh, Crabtree is a, is another name that a guy that's what was a mainstay in San Francisco. So those guys have have more weapons. But like you said, Hearns and Robinson are really turning into these guys that Bortles can count on. They're they're very good receivers. And I just want to make a note here. You know Matt Morrow in my ear behind the glass always providing me good info. 
Blake Bortles leads the NFL in fourth quarter and yeah. overtime game-winning drives, but he only has a 47% completion rate on those drives. So look, I mean, those are for, that, those numbers are for the nerds who want to say, oh, well, this right, exactly. Look, the bottom line is if you're in the fourth quarter, yeah. you need to win the football game. If you complete one pass and win the football game, I don't care what your completion percentage is. W's are more important than stats. And the thing is, he's not being phased late in the games, it shows. This is a guy who it's still only his second year in the league, like we talked about. It's not like he got drafted into a great situation in Jacksonville. This is a team that has had some really tough seasons recently. But when it's time to win a game in the fourth quarter, Bortles makes a few plays to get it done. Even though going back to last week when they beat the Ravens, (laughs) and did you see that the NFL admitted that the Ravens should have won that game? Yeah, right, exactly. But look, I mean— And that could be a game that— propels the, the Jaguar, Jaguars right, into the playoffs. Right. Look, and 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 through 10 weeks, it's funny. It's funny to say the Jacksonville Jaguars have a shot at first place in their division, which, you know, you'd never th- think you'd say with with a guy like Andrew Luck, um who obviously isn't healthy, but he wasn't playing well at all this year. Uh I I picked him to win pre- preseason MVP. So and, did I, you know, shows, I shows you how much the I know. Colts to go to the Super Bowl. Right, yeah. See, which for me, for me, I I didn't get on that bandwagon. I feel like everybody was on that bandwagon. For me, unless Bill Bill Belichick and Tom Brady like die, like <laughs> I think I think they'll always be in contention for the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, I, I hear you. I'm I love Brady, love Belichick, love what they've done up in New England. I just felt because I'm high on luck. Yeah, I just no, felt I, like he was, was going to be able to take that step right. and get them to the Super look, Bowl. Look, I don't blame you, especially because they added weapons. Um, but that defense is atrocious. That yeah. Def- and, but I don't get it. Well, you know, I do get it because they beat Peyton because Peyton isn't good anymore. But, um, you know, it just it, it remains to be seen how well um, that team without luck can play. Because if they weren't playing well with Luck, you know, and, and granted, I know that they've won games with Hasselbeck. Yeah, they've won But again, two. Tara, to your point, Jacksonville blew that game in Indianapolis in week two or three. They had the lead late, and they blew it. And so, you know, it, it remains to be seen how well those guys can play consistently, especially with Luck, who's not going to come back anytime soon. Yeah. Can they hold on to that division lead? And, you know, you and I are in agreement that maybe Jacksonville can catch them. It'll be fun to watch. It's even though none of the teams look great— it's a wide open division, and it's probably one of the more interesting division races in football. And it's funny because you look at this, and you can look at the NFC East, and those are yeah. probably the closest divisions, right? Because all the teams are not good, right? Agreed, <laughs> agreed, agreed on that sentiment. Um, so we will put that, you know, excuse for a game to rest. Um, my apologies to both Tennessee and Jacksonville. What did you think of the jerseys, though? Oh, atrocious, atrocious. Yeah. I like Tennessee's better. Um, well, but, I mean, come on, look yeah, at Jacksonville. Look, right, exactly. It's not hard to top it was that. it was like Dijon mustard. I yeah, I don't even exactly. know rust or whatever it was. <laughs> Please get rid of those. Um, and you know, I didn't even get a chance to ask my dad, who's who's red ge- red green colorblind, how awful that game must have been for him. Oh. The Jets Bills. I you know. Did you see the Cowboys okay. are wearing like all white ones on, on Thanksgiving because wow. that's their wow. color rush. I mean, it's going to be all white. They're playing Detroit, right? Or no, no, they're no. playing Carolina. They're playing Carolina on Thanksgiving. Uh, go Cam! But anyway, <laughs> you know, not not the input of a giant of a biased Giants fan there. Anyway, we're gonna have to move on from this game. Um, Tara, speaking of the NFC East, a guy who you know people know well here in New York, 
is making uh, his season debut at starting quarterback for a team in the NFC East. Who, and and this, this particular person, since 2009, has the second worst total QBR of all quarterbacks who qualify since 2009. Can you guess who I'm talking about? It's not that hard. That would be Mark Sanchez. <laughs> there you go. Tara, <laughs> it is Mark Sanchez, a guy who I've always said was not, not very good. Um, he, he was the product of the system around him. I think he's a solid backup. I don't get me wrong, look, I, I, but he's not a starting quarterback in this league. He gets lucky because he plays the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or does he get so lucky? Foreshadowing for our pick segment. Yeah, I mean, don't overlook, don't overlook the Bucks. I mean, they beat the Cowboys, and yeah, you can say all you want about the Tony Romo-less Cowboys, but right. that was a close game, and in the end, Jameis Winston and that offense made a big play to win that game. Famous Jameis. Sanchez, he got the reins last week, had the chance to give the Eagles a lead, and he throws an interception in the end zone. Typical fashion. Last year, he had 11 interceptions in nine games. We talk about Mariota so good at not turning the ball over. And Sanchez just seems to Mark do it Mark Sanchez in likes droves. to give the ball to the other team. Absolutely, Tara. It's a great point. Um, look, the Eagles are down uh, Bradford and Ryan Matthews, so they yeah. will turn to Mark Sanchez and Kenyon Barner. A name, if you know, for college football fans from Oregon, was a beast at Oregon, but hasn't really, you know, maybe a game here or two, but hasn't really shown it consistently here in the National Football League. The game's at home; it's in Philadelphia. If you figure they could beat a Tampa Bay team, but Tampa Bay's defense is a, is a little underrated. I think people overlook them. Tampa Bay's defense is very good right. against rushing. Right, they allow just three point six yards per carry, which is third best in the NFL. Right, and so you know and the Eagles do a lot better when they're running the ball. You saw it was a tough game for the Giants to pull that one out. Um, you know the Giants had some turnovers there that could have helped them out along the way, but they did pull the win out in Tampa Bay. Um, this game is going to be all on Jameis Winston. Can he make plays? Can he make throws? Um, you know, Mike Evans, like you said, Tara, before the show, off the air, Mike Evans is struggling. And so he's not putting up the numbers that he did as a rookie. If Mike Evans gets going, look, you might have something, you know, might might have an upset brewing there. But um, it's going to be all on Jameis Winston. You talk about the Bucks defense being a little underrated. So is the Eagles defense. Right. They're ninth in the NFL in points per game. They give up a lot of yards, but like we said, they don't give up that many points. So it's a very, it's like a bend but don't break yeah, mm-hmm. defense. And the other thing is they have 20 takeaways, which is tied for second most in the NFL. And that could be big trouble for Jameis Winston, right, who, does like who turn the ball turns over. the ball over himself a lot. Um, So, you know, that game will be interesting. I think another game, a game in my mind that will certainly be better, although you never know with the NFL this year. It's <laughs> been a crazy year, crazy season. Um. In Minnesota, the Packers and the Vikings, essentially for the division lead. If Minnesota yeah. wins this game, they go to 8-2. and two, Green Bay falls to 6-4, and four, and you'd have to believe at that point that the, the Vikings would be the favorites to win the NFC North. Yeah, absolutely. Who would have thought? Getting Adrian Peterson back was huge, absolutely. and you're seeing Teddy Bridgewater really evolve as a quarterback. He's... In five, in five of Minnesota's victories, Bridgewater has passed for less than 200 yards, but he does a very good job of managing the offense and putting the team in the positions it has to be put into. This isn't a guy who's going to make huge explosive plays, but they don't need him to be that guy when you have Adrian Peterson. Agreed, Tara. And, you know, on the flip side, Aaron Rodgers. He has, you know, statistically, you look at the statistics post-Denver game in Carolina, I think he threw for 369 and three scores, three or four scores. And then um, last week, 333 and two scores. So not, you know, 
you figure, okay, that's typical Aaron Rodgers, you know, one interception or no interceptions. Um, but Green Bay's offense just looks lost. They look like a team struggling to find their identity. They obviously miss Jordy Nelson, and Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a shoulder issue, and, and people are saying, um, you know, you throw the ball 61 times, that's going to that's gonna happen, and, and I agree with that. You know, maybe his arm is fatigued. The team puts a lot on his shoulders, but rightfully so. He's one of the best players in the yeah. league. Um, do you think there's anything wrong with Aaron Rodgers? I've heard reports that he was throwing darts in practice. I don't think there's anything wrong with him, but what do you think, Tara? I don't think there is either. I think... I mean, okay, they lost to the first they lost to the Broncos, which now of course the Broncos have their own issues, but still it was a reasonable loss because right. they have a very good defense. Then they lose to the Panthers, which again is a very respectable loss, and then they host Detroit. And we know the history, the Lions had not beat them in a long time up in Green Bay, but the Packers almost won that game still. In the end, it was Mason Crosby just messing up on the field goal that would have won them the game. So, I mean, the Packers, the offense kind of got it together against Detroit. It was just a little too late. Agreed, Tara. I think that if you're Green Bay, those two losses against um, Denver Denver and Carolina are respectable losses. I think if you're a Packers fan, though, this this game— this loss against Detroit might concern you because Detroit had no business going into Lambeau Field winning that game. Um, and look, and now if you lose to Minnesota, another division rival that would be that would put you at two losses in the division, going into the home stretches of the season, losing four straight games, which they haven't and, done since two thousand and eight, right? With Rodgers as a start, right? Well, they have. I don't think they've. I don't won, think they've lost four in a row. Ever, period. Since two thousand eight, right? With Rodgers as a starter, they so. lost five in two thousand eight, which was Rodgers' first season. Right. Okay. So, so it's been a while, and so when you take that into consideration, that would relegate the Packers to you know fighting for a wild card spot. Then I think you start to panic. I really think you start to panic. If and 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 maybe panic is a strong word, but I think you ha- have to have a sense of great concern if you're a Packer fan and your team goes from six and zero to six and four. Um, and look, I mean, in the pick segment, we'll, we'll make our picks, but I think Aaron Rodgers, this has to be his game. This has to be his game. He has to put the team on his back and the green Bay defense, which again is another underrated unit. Since we're talking about underrated defenses, they have to step up to the challenge. Cause I believe Adrian Peterson runs wild against them every time they play. So you stack the box, you stop Adrian Peterson, make Teddy Bridgewater beat you. The Packers have a good shot. Yeah, of course. If you can make Teddy Bridgewater beat you. It's going to be a much easier game to win, but that's the issue is making Teddy Bridgewater beat you and containing Adrian Peterson. Right. It's a lot easier said than done. Of course, of course. <laughs> I think that I think that a player the linebackers, you gotta watch Peppers, you gotta watch Matthews. How are they gonna tackle an open space when Peterson gets to that second level? Um and a lot of that will d- dictate the outcome of the game. I think the Packers need to kind of commit to the run. You know, you, you see you see Eddie Lacey struggling. You know, get James Starks involved. Get, you know, Eddie Lacy some touches. Don't become a one-dimensional offense, even if it is struggling. Look, you, you see it with the Giants. The Giants really haven't been able to run the ball for years. But they oh, there's always a commitment to the run because you keep teams guessing. Yeah. And so you don't want to put all that pressure on Aaron. Who knows he has to make the majority of the plays for this team to win. Now, Eddie Lacy didn't play last week, right? of course. Now this week he's expected to be the backup right, to James Right, behind James Starks. Starks. So he's still, I mean, he's still not 100% healthy, which is another problem for this Packers offense. Agreed. I, I agreed. I think that um, 
you know, Eddie Lacy was very high coming into the year. Fantasy owners, a lot of fantasy owners regret drafting him. Um, but look, I mean, this game will certainly be indicative of who will be the favorite in the NFC North yeah, coming out. Without a doubt. Um, you know, I think that this game, this time of the year is fun in the NFL because you're starting to see the playoff teams and the playoff implications kind of um, go through. And another game that has, you know, playoff implications, you know, the interconference matchup between the Bengals and Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, Bengals coming off an embarrassing loss. There's no other way to put it. That's an embarrassing <laughs> yeah. loss at home on Monday Night Football, 10-6, to Um you know, against the Houston Texans, who, you know, Hoyer started, but then T.J. Yates had to come in, who was starting this weekend against the Jets, um, who we'll get into in a minute. But Andy Dalton, just, you got to win those type of games, man. You really do. Yeah, you do. I mean, what was the final score? 10-6. Ten to, ten to six? Yeah. That's, if you're going to be an elite team right. and one of the best teams in the league, which the Bengals were looking like, and they still, they still could are, look like. Right. They could come out this week and have a great game, right. and we all forget that that was just a little one bad night against a good Texans defense. But the Cardinals defense is pretty good, too. Right. And so it's going to be really curious to see if the Bengals can step up in a big primetime game because, of, co- of course, that's Dalton's big knock is he's really struggled in primetime. Agreed. And, and look, I mean, can you imagine if, if Cincinnati wins the AFC North, goes 12-4, and four, you know, something like that, 13-3, and three, and they lose their first playoff game? People would go nuts. I mean, People they're, in, they're nuts. in a good position to win the AFC North. Oh, I think they will. I think they will. But, you know, I think it's not enough anymore. I think, I think regular season success— They've gotten used to it. They've gotten used to it, and it's become expected in Cincinnati. And look, Marvin Lewis, at some point, you have to – you can't go 15 years without a playoff win. Yeah. People are calling for Tom Coughlin's job after this year if they don't <laughs> make the playoffs, and the guys won two Super Bowls. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my thinking on that. But you're right, Tara. Arizona's defense is, is, is nothing to play with. I think that the Bengals are in for a tough day in Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at the other side of the ball for Arizona, and Carson Palmer continues to look terrific. And of course, this is a big game for him because he's playing against the team that drafted him first overall. And he has a history with those guys. And I'm sure this isn't a guy who needs that little bit of extra motivation, but I'm sure he's going to have that little bit of extra motivation. And the Cardinals look great. They're coming off that win against the Seahawks. On the road. Yeah. And now they enjoy a home game here. Um, yeah, look, Chara, like you said, Carson Palmer's been playing really well. Arizona's one of the best teams in the league. Um, it's going to be tough for Cincinnati to go in there. You know, maybe they've hit a little bump in the road, but, you know, as we make our picks, I'm sure, you know, you'll see where everybody's mind is there. We have to get into another AFC team, the New York Jets, who have been struggling lately. It started out hot, you know, and now, now they have to travel to Houston to face the Texans who just beat, like we said, the undefeated Cincinnati Bengals. I know I didn't expect it. Um, but, you know, we'll see what Matt Crow has to say in his weekly Jets report. All right, it is the New York Jets playing the Houston Texans this week. We will uh, hear from Matt Crow shortly. Um, but first, let's, uh, let's, let's get into this game, Tara. A road game for the Jets. Playing Houston, like we said, um, Brian Hoyer is out of this game with a concussion. TJ Yates will start the game. Give me your thoughts on this one. It It's going to be interesting because, like I said, 
the Jets, they looked like a terrific team to start the season. Now suddenly they've lost three of four. They lost what was a huge game with Rex Ryan leading the Bills back to New Jersey. And they were in a spot where they could have stole the win late and they just couldn't do it. Fitzpatrick had the, Ryan Fitzpatrick had the thumb surgery. Now he's coming back and he's going to be playing because it's pretty obvious this team doesn't trust Geno Smith at all anymore. And you're playing him against a Houston defense that's really good. And of course, you have J.J. Watt, who has nine and a half sacks. You kind of got to be worried about Fitzpatrick and that thumb, especially against this defense. This is uh, this is not a game uh, that you would think the Jets would lose if you were looking at the schedule three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but you look at it now, and look, there's a possibility that, that the Jets could drop this game in Houston. Look, I know T.J. Yates is the starter, but he did you know an adequate job in, in when he was with Houston in his first stint in the league. And like you mentioned, Tara, the health of Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is, is a big issue. Fitzpatrick was in Houston last year when he got hurt. I think he broke Fun his fact, leg. Yeah. He is going to be the first ever former Texans quarterback to start a game against the Texans. Really? Yep. Matt Schaub never started a game against you. That's nope. That's, Derek wow. Carr started against them last year. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. No, excuse me, David, Derek. Uh, no, I'm thinking of Matt Castle. Matt, okay. Matt Castle was with the Raiders when they right. played the Texans okay. last year, but Derek Carr started that game. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Matt Castle was ever a Texan, though. Was he not? I no, I don't I think just so. Read that. I don't huh. think so. But no, but anyway, know. You know, no, it's, it's a fun fact. Either way, right, Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the right, first. Right. Fun fact. Um, we'll. Uh, We'll hear more about this game from our Jets beat reporter, Matt Crow. The New York Jets enter Week 11 in the AFC wildcard hunt at 5-4. Gang Green is coming off a losing skid, dropping three of their last four, including a division loss to Buffalo, at home last Thursday night. The Jets travel to Houston to face the 4-5 Texans on Sunday, another team in the playoff conversation. Houston is coming off a Monday night football victory in Cincinnati, in which J.J. Watt and company handed the Bengals their first loss of the season. This momentum-changing win for the Texans could be enough to turn their season around. Linebacker Calvin Pace. And I think every game is a must-win. You just got to find a way to go into hostile territory and win the game. Um, they've done a good job of getting two, two tough games, so um, pretty sure they're riding high feeling good. We just uh, we got to find a way. After getting off to such a strong start, the Jets have struggled as of late. Safety Calvin Pryor returns from injury this week to the delight of Jet fans everywhere as his aggression leads to turnovers. The Jets win football games by winning the turnover battle, which has been the biggest point of concern in recent weeks. TJ Yates will most likely be starting under center for Houston as starting quarterback Brian Hoyer is still undergoing the NFL concussion protocol. The Jets need to pressure Yates and cause him to make difficult throws, forcing interceptions. Will the Jets be able to constrain J.J. Watt and a Texans D that hasn't allowed a turnover in the last 10 quarters? I believe the Jets' struggles will continue and the Texans' momentum will carry them to a tight victory. My prediction? Jets 20, Texans 24. Covering the I'm Matthew Crow, WFUV Sports. All right, Matt, always good stuff there from our Jets beat reporter Matt Crow. 
Tara, he thinks that the uh, the Jets are going to go down this week. And look, I can see it. I can see yeah. it. Um, we'll, you know, we'll let our thoughts be known in in our pick segment later, our favorite part of the show. But I can totally see where Matt is coming from. Where Houston, this is a home game for them. They need to take control of their season here right now in that AFC South. That is more than winnable yeah, for them. Yeah, they could be in first place by themselves. Exactly. At the end of the weekend. And so, you know, I can totally see where he's coming from. First off, want to clarify what we were talking about before the report. It was Matt Schaub that was the backup in Oakland last year, not Matt Castle. <laughs> okay. You're right. He never played for the Texans. Right. Either way, Fitzpatrick still the first former Texan quarterback to start against them. Right. This is not going to be a high-scoring game. At least it I agree shouldn't with that. be. You never know in the NFL, but Fitzpatrick, we said, coming off of the thumb surgery, who knows what his health is going to be like, who knows what his protection is going to be like against this defense in J.J. Watt. But then you look at the other side, I mean, T.J. Yates could have a huge day, but at the same time, it's a little bit hard to imagine. And then meanwhile, you have Brandon Whedon now backing him up. And Whedon's rushing to learn the playbook this week in case he has to go into the game for whatever reason. So this game is going to come down to Ryan Fitzpatrick versus TJ Yates. Real barn burner. I'm <laughs> sure this is what NFL Sunday Ticket has in mind when they market their products. Um, <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, the Jets... You're right, Tara. It comes down to Fitzpatrick against you know his team from last year. It's just they're so up and down. You know, they can play really well. They can shut you down. And TJ Yates could look like, you know, a high school quarterback out there with, you know, nobody to throw to. You have Rivas on Hopkins. You figure, he, you know, he'll neutralize him at least, you know, a little bit there. Um, you know, no, no, obviously no Arian Foster. You know, guys like Alfred Blue, Alfred Blue are going to have to carry the load. And, you know, Alfred Blue is, is, is probably not going to enjoy too much success against that Jets front. Um, you know, so. This is this is a a game where I think that the Jets, you know, might have the slight edge, even though they are on the road. But like you said, JJ Watt coming in with nine and a half sacks, he's the best defensive end in the league, best defensive player in the league. Maybe, you know, him and Charles Woodson one A and one B. But um, it's it, it, it's it's going to be a tight, low scoring game. I agree with you, Tara. The other big key for the Jets on offense is probably going to be Chris Ivory. Before the Bills game, he had failed to top 41 yards in three straight games, but then he had 99 yards against the Bills, and if he can get going, it's probably going to be a decent day for the Jets. Right. But if he can't get going again, then it could be a real struggle. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll look to see what happens there. You know, final note on this one, the uh, like we said, you know, they went to Cincinnati and shut them down, limiting them to just six points. Um, so definitely something to watch. The Jets' offense better be on notice. Now uh, let's go over to the um, other New York football team, the New York Football Giants. All right, all right, all right. So the Giants have a bye week. You know, always a tough opponent. Um, no, just kidding. Look, um, they they need this bye week, and and here's why heartbreaking loss against New England, a team that they pretty much own. You know, I, I even though the Giants lost, the the Giants still are a great game right, again against and the they are in New England's head. Um, this is this is the team that has played them well, the best of any team in the National Football League since '07. Um, and look, they just found a way to lose another game. And you know, I, I was there. I was you know very frustrated. Um, but 
some positives coming coming out of that game. The offense is starting to play, you know, more consistently. They need still more touchdowns rather than field goals. They need to finish in the red zone, as Coach Coughlin likes to say, finish, finish, finish. Um, but on defense, like we were saying, Tara, they held the best offense in the league in check for the most part. Yeah, defense absolutely played their best game of the year when you consider the opponent. If you take away a few big plays, then it's an even better day for them. Right. It was just a couple plays here or there that really doomed them. But I mean, they got off the they got Brady off the field fast quite a few times, Agreed. which is important and it put them in a good position to win. Unfortunately, they couldn't make the stop in the end. It's just, you know, that's kind of been the story of the season. You know, the Giants could be a lot better than they are. Um, you know, and that is something that I talked about in my Giants report. The Giants are now 5-5 five and five after yet another heartbreaking loss, this time to the New England Patriots. Big Blue went ahead 26-24 on a field goal with less than two minutes to go. However, that left Tom Brady more than enough time to set up Steven Gostkowski for the game-winning field goal. Two drops, a controversial one by Odell Beckham Jr. in the end zone and one by Landon Collins on the final series of the game, helped New England survive their biggest scare yet and remain undefeated. The Giants now have a bye week to prepare for a road game with Washington. With first place still in their possession, Eli Manning knows New York must play their best football in the final six games. We know what's ahead of us. We know what we have to do. And, um, you know, we just got to take it one game at a time. Start with Washington. Go get a win there and, and, and uh, take week by week and know, you know what it's going to take to get to, into the playoffs. Before the season, any Giants fan or player would have been delighted to know New York would be atop the NFC East after Week 10. Although, you have to wonder if some of Big Blue's fourth-quarter struggles this season will come back to haunt them. This team could be much better than they are record-wise if they had closed out a couple more games. They didn't, and the Giants are sitting at 500. As Manning said, the team controls its own destiny from now on. Win the games in front of you, and the G-Men will host a playoff game in January. Rely on other teams to lose, and you might see New York sitting on the sideline when the playoffs roll around. The home stretch starts next Sunday in Washington. With the Giants Report, I'm Christian O'Hara, WFUV Sports. All right, so there's my thoughts on it, Tara. Um, look, this team could easily be six and four, seven and three, you know, eight and two, but they just can't close teams out when they need to. I think there's in only one of their losses, they did not have the lead in the fourth quarter. That's the Philadelphia loss. Yeah, so, every other one of their losses was close. So that's it, the thing; they could be in a situation where. They have one loss. Right. And so, you know, 8-2, and 9-1, and one, you think about that. But, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, you are what your record says you are. And, hey, they're still in first place. Right. Look, so, you know, it doesn't matter if they sneak in at 9-7, and seven, win the division. None of this Get matters. Get a playoff it's, game, they're exactly, happy. It's, 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 it's a mute point. It's a moot point, excuse me. Um, but have to win the games in front of you. You know, Eli said it best. You know, they know what they have to do. It starts the 29th in Washington and a game that's looking a lot less – um, of a joke than it would have three weeks ago. It's going to be a tough game because right. we just saw this past weekend, Kirk Cousins just completely went off against the Saints defense, which, to be fair, so did Eli. The problem was the Giants defense did not help him at all, but the Redskins defense stepped up against the Saints, and they looked like a really good football team. But now this weekend, the Redskins get a whole new test going up against the Panthers down in Carolina. I think we're going to find a lot more out about them in that game. 
But still, this it's it's going to be a really tough game for the Giants, especially considering it's in Washington. I think we'll learn a lot about what Washington is about this weekend. Um, I think that you know they Washington. I feel like has been very streaky this year. Um, so we'll we'll come out and, and see how they play this weekend. The game will be in Washington, like you said. The Giants have historically played okay there. Um, you know, at least recently in the, in the last few years. But I think it'll be a close game. I do think the Giants are more talented. I think they're a better football team. I do think they win that football game um, just based on the fact that also Kirk Cousins, the Giants are in Kirk Cousins' head too for whatever reason. Whenever mm, Kirk Cousins plays the Giants, true. he just throws the ball, you know, like, like it's a charity event to the Giants' defense. Um, so that'll be – that'll that game I think could be a turning point in the season because you, you have the Redskins, then you have the Jets at home. It's a home, it's a home game for the Giants. Um, but if you can beat Washington and the Jets, you'll be seven and five going into a Monday night game in Miami. You'll most likely have the division lead. You know, you Which, can. Hey, that's a you, winnable right. game in Miami. Miami's exactly. been playing better, but that's still if you're a good football team, that should be should, a very winnable right, game. Exactly, and so you know, and then then they have um, I the believe Panthers, it's the Panthers, the Panthers in New York, in New York, and at that at that time, you know, something's got to give. The Panthers, you figure, would lose a few football games here yeah. this season. And you have Minnesota, who's who's very hot right now, but you just never know. And then you have Week 17 at MetLife against the Philadelphia Eagles. Tara, it very well could come to that down to that last game on Sunday Night Football. Absolutely. But looking at this schedule, of course, best-case scenario, they win out. But realistic, I could see them winning every game except at Minnesota. Because I think with the Panthers, the key is it's a game here in New York. Right, right. I, listen, I, I think that there's the potential there for them to do better than what looks than what it looks like on paper. Um, I do think that they should be favored in the Washington and Jet games for sure. Um, and I think those are two, you start with those two games. Those are more, two more than winnable games, and two games, honestly, in my opinion, if the Giants want to make the playoffs, they need to win both games, not just one. They need to win both the Washington and the Jet game. So. Um, we'll we'll check on the Giants, you know, after after next week or on NFL Friday next week. We'll preview that Giants Redskins game, a huge NFC East matchup yeah. there. Um, but it's time to get to one of our favorite segments here on NFL Friday with Tyler Freer, the fantasy football segment. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, so we're joined now by Tyler Freer, WFUV's fantasy football expert. And Tyler, how you doing today, bud? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. You know, we're just moving along here. Another edition of NFL Friday. And listen, what do you got for us this week? I'm going to run through a little start and set them segment. Nice. Feel free to join in whenever you guys feel. Absolutely. I'm going to start in Oakland with Derek Carr as my quarterback to start for Love the week. Him. Love him. He's a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year, about 2,400 yards, 21 touchdowns, six picks. Really good touchdown interception ratio. Mari Cooper is helping that out a lot. He's Absolutely. probably rookie of the year front runner as of right now. And going against the Detroit Lions defense, who has been suspect to say the least, I just think with uh, the way he's been playing, 13 touchdown passes in his last four games. So Derek Carr is definitely a, a start for me. But as for my sit is a, it's a tough matchup. It's Andy Dalton against the Arizona Cardinals. I know we've been talking. You guys talked about it earlier. The Cardinals' defense is probably top five in the league right now. 
Andy Dalton's coming off a bad week against the Texans. And Dalton, it's a tough, it's a tough bench, but in in Arizona, I'm gonna have to go ahead and sit sit Andy Dalton for this week. Mm-hmm. Moving on to my running backs, I'm gonna go over to uh, Miami and Lamar Miller against the Dallas Cowboys. He has about 500 yards on the year, about 300 receiving yards, so he's a dual threat. He uh, has been a monster as of late in the fantasy aspect, getting uh, about an average of 20 points in the past four weeks. Uh, I think he had about 200 yards a couple weeks ago. He's just been he's just been doing really well, and they're coming off a three game road trip, so he's back home, back to where he's comfortable. So Lamar Miller is against the Cowboys defense. I'm gonna go with him for my start. It's very interesting because you know, especially with Tony Romo coming back, you'd want Dallas's offense off the field as much as possible. And if you if you're Miami, that's a game you want to control the football. You don't want Ryan Tannehill slinging it 40 times a game, even though yep. if that's what it takes to win, you'll do it. But I think that's that's a good read, Tyler. Even though the, the Cowboy defense is, it's a little underrated. I think Dallas's defense is actually pretty good. But you want to control the football game. You want to control yeah. time of possession at home, and you want to dictate the tempo. Exactly. And so, you know, I think that's a pretty good read on Lamar Miller. He's he's been coming along as of late. Exactly. He's yeah. been playing really well. I agree on that, and I think especially Miami knows they're four and zero when Miller carries the ball thirteen or more times. Yeah. So I think they're going to turn to him a lot. I think they're going to start feeding him a lot more against this Dallas defense. It's an important game for them in the yeah. AFC East for sure. Definitely. As for my sit, it's uh, Justin Forsett of the Baltimore Ravens. Haven't has it been the season that everyone thought the Ravens were gonna have? They're two and seven on the year. Didn't see that coming. He's not producing any touchdowns, only two on the year. I actually have him in one of my leagues Me too. and I, and Me I too. dropped him. Honestly. Um six he has six hundred yards on the year. But still the fancy fans, you should be tempted to start him going against St. Louis Rams, who have their running defense has been really good. So Justin Forsett it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look like a good matchup on paper at all. Mm-hmm. So he's um, my sit As for receivers, I'm going over to uh, Tampa. Mike Evans, he's my stardom for this week in the receivers. Oh, he's going to burn Byron Maxwell like toast. <laughs> exactly. Philadelphia's pass defense is um, in the bottom half of the league. Evans has a troubles dropping passes as of late, but has put together a couple hundred-yard performances. Another person with a low touchdown production but he's facing this Eagles defense who has allowed an average of 27 points per game to receivers, which I think Mike Evans will have a chunk of that this this week. And look, if Vincent Jackson doesn't play, that fantasy value just goes up even more. Exactly. It'll be a, a good security blanket for Mike uh, for Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, for sure. Agreed. As for my sit it's Randall Cobb against the Minnesota Vikings. We, really? uh, we talked about this Vikings team earlier. 7-2, no one thought they'll be there. Mm-hmm. Packers coming off three losses. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't look like a good matchup for him. Minnesota's defense has uh, given up the second least amount of points so far. Wow! Yeah, it's wow, I didn't know that. Wow, surprising statistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler Friere always always bringing <laughs> hot flames to this fa- fantasy football. Segment. Yeah, yeah, I try, I try, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think his his level of production this season has been good coming in uh, about five touchdowns, five hundred yards on the year. Like we said, the Packers have been struggling, and that Minnesota's defense, I'm I'm bought in to them. I think it's going to be a tough, tough matchup for Randall Cobb to get going. Nice, interesting. I think it, Aaron Rodgers will have to look to uh, the tight end or security blanket in the backfield mm-hmm. to to continue on and get that game. Now moving on to the tight end position. I'm going to start Jordan Reed against the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. He's been a reliable and productive fantasy option this year. 
He's actually sixth best in fantasy points among tight ends. So he's been he's been producing, and against the Panthers defense, who actually doesn't do well against the tight ends, I think it's a good matchup for Jordan Reed going against an undefeated Panthers team. You know they're going to come out and uh, try to get them their their first loss of the year. Everyone they got a target on their back now, the Panthers. So Jordan Reed is my uh, my stardom for the tight ends. Now moving on to the sitem for my tight ends is Jimmy Graham. I honestly he he everyone thought he was going to do really well. In Seattle, everyone was expecting Seattle to go right back to the Super Bowl after that move, <laughs> but he hasn't. He hasn't been what Jimmy Graham have we were used and to. And he's seeing. been upset through the season because he feels like he's not getting targeted enough. Exactly, Russell Wilson is not not really finding him right yeah. now. Russell Wilson does not look like the same guy uh, from two years ago. And no. look, I'm sure Jimmy misses Drew Brees. Exactly, Jim, uh, Drew Brees is a elite top five oh, yeah, quarterback absolutely. in this. Even though the Saints aren't doing as well. Drew Brees is Drew Brees, and right. Russell Wilson is a, a dual-threat quarterback <laughs> who honestly doesn't pass as much as he should and hasn't been finding Jimmy Graham the amount of times as he would. So he's my sit for this week for the tight end position. As for my sit for the tight ends, it's uh, – oh, let me try to find my paper here, guys. Oh, there it is. Oh, no, I did my sit already. So right, yeah, Jimmy's your sit Yeah, so I'm moving on to defense. Uh, so Seattle is going to be my stardom. Against San Francisco, the defense. Yeah, defense. yeah, I can see why. Yeah, they're going against Lane Gabbert. <laughs> <laughs> you when you sit Colin Kaepernick and yeah, you're going against Seattle's who has a chip on their shoulder now. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, they're four and five, man. They're 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 gonna have to start making some ground if they want to make the playoffs. So I think that's a start for sure. Think I about agree, I agree with that. How big these Seahawks 49ers games have been in recent years? Like these have been season defining games. And nobody's even talking about this game this weekend now because both teams are just having such bad seasons. Yeah, it's like usually going into this, you're you're more excited, but you know these teams haven't been playing well. So I think Seattle's going to come out and try to make a statement and show that they're elite and try to make a run at the playoffs in the last two months of the season. Yeah, I mean, you just just to piggyback on what Tara said, look, this game was the NFC title game, you know, yep. two years ago. Uh, two three years ago, and and it's just it's crazy how much the NFL changes within that you know time frame and the landscape, and and look we can get into why it happened and you know Harbaugh's at Michigan and all that, but it, it like you said Tyler, very very interesting matchup, and and you're right, Seattle has a lot of ground to make up to make the playoffs because right now they don't look like the same Seahawk team at all from the last few years. Nope, not at all. And moving on to my sitem is going to be the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots Monday Night Football. Mm. That's probably a smart choice. Yeah, <laughs> New England <laughs> I, as much as I dislike Tom Brady to right. say the least, um he's on a mission this year. Oh, he's uh, yeah, absolutely. 24 touchdowns, two picks. I mean, he's just on he's he's on a different level right now and the Buffalo Bills defense has been middle of the pack, decent defense right now. But a Monday Night Football primetime, they're definitely a sitem. Tom Brady's probably I, I can see Tom Brady lighting him up. For, oh, absolutely! I think yeah. I think Tom Brady, like you said, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, he's in fu mood, fu mode right now. Exactly. Speaking of that, did either of you guys read the GQ Man of the Year article with Brady? No, I did no. not. That uh, it's it's a complete disaster because I guess the <laughs> author was told that he was going to be able to ask Brady in person about Deflate Gate, and then according to him, they told him, nope, it's over the phone, and then he tried to press Brady against Deflate Gate, and Brady would not answer any questions about Deflate Gate. So the entire interview is Brady refusing to answer questions about Deflate Gate. 
You got you got to check it out. Wow. Okay. Wait, where's that article? Again? It's in GQ. GQ. You said? GQ. He was one of the wow. men of the year. Okay. Interesting. Definitely um, have to look into that for sure. Yeah. Look, I mean, and you know, if you're if you're a reporter, you know, look, that's not something Brady is going to want to talk about. So and what are you doing is, bringing it up? The author at the end pretty much says, "Look, I think he doesn't want to talk about it because he's lying." Well. I don't know. For me, maybe he doesn't want to talk about it because it's a silly topic and he's already he's heard the questions all year. I mean, look, even if it's he is weird lying, interview. even if he is it's lying, he, he went out in the Super Bowl, the NFL, you know, monitored the footballs, went out, beat the best defense we'd seen in a while. You know, f- uh, fourth two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter touchdown drive. He had over 300 yards, 37 completions, Super Bowl records, you know, in and out. I think it's time um, to put it to rest. It, it is. It's time to Absolutely. put it to rest. Absolutely. The, the reason he's good is not the footballs. You saw it this year, 22 touchdowns, two picks, uh, I think 68% completion percentage. What more do you want from the guy to prove his greatness? Maybe another Super Bowl, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Some people now, exactly. Now we're going to see more of him having to prove his greatness without his favorite wide receiver right, target. Edelman, that's, so it's uh, going to be interesting to see how he does without Edelman, but I think he'll be fine. We heard it when Wes Welker left. Hey, how is he going to do without Welker? It's Tom Brady. He'll be fine. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He, right? uh, he is not showing any signs of slowing down soon, but we're coming to the end of the show here, and let's get into our favorite segment, the picks. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All right, everyone, it's time to get into the picks. We'll go with the Jets and Houston. Look, Tara, you and I were talking about it earlier. Um, this is going to be a close game, low-scoring game, kind of an ugly football game. I mean, it's Fitzpatrick versus Yates. This is no um, Ali Frazier, but I'm going to go with the Jets. Uh, and I could see this game going either way, for, to be honest with you, but I'm going to go with the Jets in a close one. Yeah, I agree with you. I could see it going either way. I'm going to go with the Jets because I think Fitzpatrick has a little bit more potential than TJ Yates does. I think it's um, a lot of playoff implications in this matchup, both fighting for AFC wildcard spot. The Jets hasn't been playing well as of late, but I think this is a bounce-back game for them. I'm going with the Jets. All right, cool. And Matt Morrow behind the glass is also going Jets over Houston. Let's go to a game we just talked about on Monday Night Football in Foxborough. The New England Patriots play the Buffalo Bills. Guys, I have a feeling where this one's headed. I'm going with the Patriots. Tara, who do you have? Yeah, Patriots. <laughs> Tara, <laughs> who do you have? I'm going to surprise you guys. Uh, really? We were just talking about Tom Brady, but uh, I know I said sit him too for Buffalo. I'm just I'm going with my gut, guys. My hater. Sl- my sleeper pick of the this week <laughs> is Buffalo in New England. That's just a Jets fan <laughs> hater, guys. And look, Matt Morrow in the back going with the Patriots. Wise pick, Matt, in your uh, Met sweatshirt. Got, uh, Matt, get over it. They lost. It's 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 a new chapter. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, so we'll get into uh, another game here: the Packers and the Vikings. This is this is an interesting game. I think this is, I think this is the game. Of the week. I really do. This is for control of the NFC North. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That discount double check (laughs) will ensure a Packers victory. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers too. I like what the Vikings have done. I think think both teams could make the playoffs very easily. But I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that once you really start to doubt him... He comes out and has that huge game. I think he's going to do that this weekend. He's going to silence the critics. I think Bridgewater is going to have some struggles, and I think the Packers will win. You're all on the Packers, huh? I'm going with uh, Adrian Peterson. I'm going to ride the Adrian Peterson trade right now. Leads the league in rushing, close to 1,000 yards already. I just think Green Bay's defense hasn't matched up well with AP, and 
I'm going with the Vikings for for the division, man. Look, not not a bad pick. It's in Minnesota. I could I could see it happening. I I I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. So is Matt Morrow in the back there. But you know, Tyler, you could come in here on Monday and gloat to us all that hey, I was the only one to pick him on NFL Friday. Yep. Let's go to Tony Romo's mat- return in South Beach, Dallas and Miami. Look, this is a very tough game for me to pick, and I think that you know, Dallas on paper you'd think would win this game, but Miami's playing better. They're at home, and I think they need this game a little bit more desperately than the Cowboys do. The Cowboys sit at 2-7 and seven right now, mathematically still in the NFC East hunt, but they basically have to go undefeated or one loss. I'm not so sure they're going to get it done. I don't think they're going to get it done. I like Miami in this one. Here's the thing about Tony Romo coming back. Yeah, he's a better option than anyone the Cowboys have had. Right. But we don't know how healthy he is. They're just throwing him back in because, hey, they can now. A lot of people have been saying Dallas has so many issues beyond Romo. I don't know if I'm buying into that so much because you look at every game they've lost without him. They've all been close games. And you've got to think with Romo there, he's the one who puts him over the edge. That being said... Like I said, I feel like Romo might not be 100% healthy, and Ndamukong Sue has had some big games for the Dolphins lately. I think he's going to have a huge game against Romo coming back, and I think the Dolphins are going to win it. I just do not agree with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Tony Romo's first game back since week two. They were 2-0 with him, 0-7 without him. 0-7 without him, you're right. I just think it's time for them to start catching ground in the NFC East. If they want a chance to make the playoffs, this has to start this week against Miami. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, no, they can't wait any longer. Going with Dallas for sure. Tyler's going with the Cowboys. Look, you know, he could be a genius after it's all said and done. We'll find out Sunday. Matt Morrow in the back going with the Cowboys as well, Tyler. So we're split on that game. And uh, another good game, another potential game of the week here. Cincinnati travels to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. It's in Arizona. I'm going with Carson Palmer against his former team. Team, I like Bruce Arians and the Cardinals over Marvin Lewis and the Bengals. I still like the Bengals overall as a team. I think they're going to win the AFC North. I think they're going to look like a good team going to the playoffs. Who knows what will happen then. But for this week... Cardinals are a great, great team themselves. They're probably the second-best team in the NFC right behind Carolina. Got to go with the Cardinals at home. I'm going with the Cardinals also. There we go. I'm finally agreeing with you guys. But, uh, <laughs> that defense has been Is Matt re- going to disagree? Really great all, all year. Matt will not disagree. Matt has the Cardinals over the Bengals. I think we're all in agreement here on NFL Friday. And time for the upset pick. My upset pick... You know, maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but I like, and especially with Jameis Winston at quarterback, that offense has struggled. But I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Eagles. You know, nothing to do with the fact that I'm a biased Giants fan and can't stand the <laughs> Eagles. Bucks over Eagles. You heard it here first. I like that pick, but I'm going to go with a game that we didn't talk about with the Broncos and the Bears. Good Look, pick. I like Brock it, Brock Osweiler yeah. is going to be starting for the Broncos. They still have the great defense. Jay Cutler has played terrific lately under John Fox. The Broncos defense, I'm kind of torn because I think the Broncos defense could give him trouble, but I don't know how much I trust Osweiler. So I got to go with the Bears, John Fox taking on his old team. I think in Chicago, they're going to get the victory. I mentioned it earlier, my upset pick, Buffalo in New England, Monday Night Football. It's it's a tough AFC East matchup, and I'm going with Buffalo. Very, very bold, Tyler. And Tara, good pick there. I, I do I do think that it has a, a potential for an upset. And Matt Morrow's upset pick of this NFL Friday episode is Colts over Falcons. Very, very bold pick. 
Matt Hasselbeck going in there. You know, two Boston College guys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see where that game turns up. Yeah, and and you know, Matt Matt in my ear saying that Hasselbeck, former Seahawk legend, is two and zero this year. So we'll see. Yeah, two BC guys. Yeah, so two Boston College guys, both named Matt. Wild stuff here on NFL <laughs> Friday. Um, and Matt Morrow. And Matt Morrow. Uh, so Matt, and Matt is Crow. in conjunction Matt with the Matt. Chemistry. You know, Matt Crow. It just wow, Matt. What a great name. All right, that that's enough uh, tomfoolery here on NFL Friday. I'm Christian O'Hara for Taris Lejeski, Tyler Freer, and Matt Morrow. This is NFL Friday. This has been One on One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.